Welcome to Run Your Mouth. I'm your host, David Melly. This week's guest is Taryn Rawlings of Dark Sky Distance. Taryn is an Oregon native and graduate of the University of Portland who competed in the 1500 meters at the 2021 Olympic trials after a year of battling injuries. Following a disappointing trials performance, she went on to set personal bests of 405 in the 1500 and 428 in the mile later this summer. We had a great conversation about bouncing back from setbacks, how to get through the stresses of the pandemic, and whether she prefers the mile or the 1500. We also covered binge watching, side hustles, hanging with the Portland Mafia, and much more. This episode is brought to you by the Under Armour All Out Mile. During the month of September, Under Armour encourages you to train for your fastest mile ever in only 30 days. It's free to sign up and you can win cash, prizes, gear, and raise money for charity by joining our Sidious Mag team and making Sidious the biggest team in the competition. To sign up and learn more, visit uaalloutmile.com. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the episode. And until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. Extremely high pressure situation. All the hard hitting questions. So. <laughs> Welcome to Run Your Mouth, long run talk for long talking runners. I'm your host, David Melly, uh, and this week's guest is Dark Sky Distances, Taryn Rawlings. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. I almost tripped over that intro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> kind of um, and now this is the sound of me cracking a beer. So we're really just like oh, off I to a great with start. You. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> oh, I love Hayes little thing. For you? The, oh yeah. So good. Yeah. For the listener, Taryn's drinking a Sierra Nevada uh Hayes little thing. Highly recommend. Good, good <laughs> California beer. Um, oh, I have yeah. a local New England IPA, Pulp Daddy, which is also a hazy IPA. So clearly we have great taste. But. Oh, yeah. I've never had that one. That sounds good though. It's good. You should have had one here in Falmouth there. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're like uh, Massachusetts based. So I don't, I don't know if they've made their way out, out west yeah, yet. Out but west coast, yeah. <laughs> is that your go-to uh, is, is an IPA go-to order? Um, I wouldn't say it's my go-to. I'm, I'm really big into like wheat beers, like blue moon type, um, like a mango wheat blue moon is like my favorite beer ever. <laughs> um, but I do, I like like almost all beers. So um, I have been kind of into the hazy IPAs this summer, but I, I will say I'm, I'm not a big wheat beer guy, but uh, really, the, yeah, I like them hoppy usually. Hoppy, hoppy yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not a big dark beer guy, but I, I do like Sam Summer, which is a wheat beer. That's a good yeah. like classic summer beer. Yeah, I mean, I I don't really like dark beers. More of the lighter wheat beers, like the Blue Moon's usually pretty light. Um, <clears> the mango wheat is pretty. It's nice, nice and mangoey. Have you ever run a beer mile? I haven't, but I really want to. Do you think you would be good at it? Uh, okay. I'm not good at chugging. So that would be the hard part, but I yeah. think I always feel like every time I have a few beers, I always want to run. Cause I just feel invincible. <laughs> and so I always feel like I want to like race people. And so I feel like I'd be good at it. <laughs> you were one of those, always a runner. We always have yeah, like people yeah. doing yeah uh, especially among distance runners I feel like there's the we have like a weird complex about foot speed at least from what I remember in college it's like yeah. 
uh, multiple times somebody would like you know be a couple of deers deep and be like I could beat you in a 200 let's go outside <laughs> right now and do it <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah no I definitely I whenever it's like you leave the bar and then you're like walking home or whatever I'm always like I feel like I could beat anyone in a race right now like let's race down the road <laughs> But. that's uh yeah that's the <laughs> the races at olympic trials that you don't see <laughs> on tv <laughs> i killed those races not the olympic trials but those ones uh well overall you've been crushing it this summer though um yeah, we were talking a little before we went on the air but you're you've been in portland um but you've also just been i mean this has been a big year for you overall so what's yeah. the what's the secret sauce what are you doing right right now oh gosh um well i think the big thing is that I'm just finally healthy and it's been such a struggle to finally get back to just being able to run consistently. Um, and then kind of making that drop down, I was at altitude almost all of last year. Um, and I was just injured and it was COVID and I was just kind of going through the grind, um, of cross training and all that. So just like being able to now drop down to sea level, I've been at sea level for a few months and my training, I just, just took like a huge turn. Um, basically like came down from for the trials and I was still kind of struggling like I, I hadn't really I'd only had a few weeks of training coming off injury and then just being at sea level it's like I finally was feeling the benefits of all that time at altitude and my training just really took a big turn and now now things are finally coming together so it's been good was flag so uh, for for baby the listener who don't know so you, you're from Oregon and you went to UP um was flag your first time like living away from Oregon it actually was yeah so um I'm I'm from Oregon originally and my family kind of lives like in the suburbs and when I went to school it was it was kind of like a move because I moved into the city so it was mm-hmm. like I was uh, it's a whole new thing but um yeah I hadn't actually left Oregon before so Flagstaff was like my first real move away from family and everything um, which was a little nerve wracking at first, but, um, I think I just, cause I like, I'm used to seeing my family all the time. So it was kind of weird, a weird change, but, um, I really, yeah, I think it was, it was time for me to, to get out of Portland. Were you living with, with runners on your own? Randos? Um, <laughs> I lived with Ashley Taylor. She was, um, with our team for the first like year. And I lived with her and then um, she decided to go back home to Canada. And it was like right when COVID happened that she decided to leave. So I was like trying to find a roommate. And then it was just like everyone in Flagstaff, like all the college kids were like leaving town. And like, it was just, no one was moving really, you know, everyone was kind of just hungered down. So I ended up just finding um, like a studio and I just lived by myself for, for a while, which I thought was a good idea at the time, but then everybody was just like locked down and I was just living by myself <laughs> yeah did you, how did you not go completely crazy because I, uh, I I could not do that at all like I need to be around other people <laughs> yeah I I think I did I did go a little crazy maybe got a little depressed um, did you take up any weird were you sourdough baking and all that <laughs> stuff no nothing too weird um I did like start doing kind of like a side hustle um instacarting have you heard of that Mm-hmm. it's like where you like go deliver groceries and stuff um some of my teammates started doing it like when COVID first happened um because they were like oh like we're not going to get any bonuses we're not going to get any appearance fees all stuff like so they started doing that and it's actually a pretty good gig so I started doing that just to like get out of the house and like do something and um yeah so that was kind of cool but 
What was the weirdest grocery order you had to pick up? I honestly never got anything that weird. Like everything was pretty normal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I ever got anything weird. It was all like normal stuff. And the best thing was when people would order alcohol because in Arizona, you can like buy it in grocery stores. And that would be the best because it was so easy. (laughs) You could just go get like packs of beers and you would make so much on those orders because alcohol is expensive, you know? So Mm -hmm. I was like, every time alcohol order, I'm sold. (laughs) It was a win-win for everybody because I'm sure they were very happy that you were just dropping off beer at their house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Nothing too weird though, but yeah, that was fun. That kind of kept me busy a little bit, especially because I, I was injured. So I took like four months off running and I was just like cross training, like biking in my apartment. And I was just kind of going crazy. Um, Cause like the gyms were closed too. And so I literally just had my stationary bike and nothing else to really do. So I did that. And that was kind of nice to just like do something, make a little extra money. And yeah. What was the go-to binge watch of, uh, of the COVID times? What, what did you burn through? <laughs> That's good. Um, right before COVID, I did the Grey's Anatomy because I had never done it. And I felt like everybody had watched Grey's Anatomy and I hadn't. So I, I did that and I got pretty far. And that was like, I was watching a lot of episodes every day. Um, but as my, soon as- My sister is 15 and is in like a big Grey's Anatomy phase mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, like, she's like, well, I think I want to be a surgeon when I grow up. And my mom, who is a doctor, is like, just so you know, like, this is not an accurate portrayal of what, like, your life is like. If you yeah. <laughs> not You're not dealing all. with insane circumstances. I've, like, yeah, never but... seen an episode of Grey's Anatomy, but recently um, people post, like, like, clips to TikTok uh-huh. And so I'll like go down a rabbit hole where like somehow something Grey's Anatomy will get into my feed and then I'll like watch the one minute clip and I'm like, now I need to just like see this whole scene. And then I'm like, yeah. I haven't actually started watching, but it does seem like a extremely entertaining slash insane oh, yeah. show. Oh yeah. Lots of drama, lots of drama. <laughs> and it does really, it really sucks you in. So I got sucked into that for a while, but then as soon as, um, as soon as one of the main characters, Derek Shepard died, it was just over for me. I like, couldn't, I couldn't keep watching. Cause it's, it just, they were trying to keep it going for so long and too many people were dying. And then I'm just like, this is just not the same show. So yeah, that's, I um, I started the only Shonda show I've ever watched is how to get away with murder. Oh yeah. That's one of those shows where it's like season one, they're like, we got to solve this murder. And then it's like season yeah. two, they're like, there's six murders every episode. <laughs> like, yeah. I watched that too. The first season was so good. And then it's like every season was just getting so like exaggerated. And I started to just be like, okay, this is just getting Yeah, got to tap out. I gave up on Riverdale for the same reason. Riverdale, um, I haven't watched that. Oh, it's so bad, but so good. If you like, like how to get away with murder and Grey's Anatomy, like it's terrible. Like it's one of those shows that you watch it and you're like, I'm obsessed with how stupid this is. <laughs> like, but then because it's also like a thriller, like it does have like stuff that makes you want to like watch the next episode because there's like cliffhangers and stuff, but uh-huh. highly recommend. And like a lot of like uh, like shirtless 25 year olds pretending to be teenagers. So like, oh, love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um... 
Yeah, I, I just was getting back on Outer Banks because that was one of my COVID shows last um, summer and it just came back out. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's the, another one of those um, 25 year olds pretending to be teenagers. Nice, classic, yeah. <laughs> um, I, of course, uh, last episode we were talking about The Bachelor, which I've never seen, but I do love the idea of of trying to pick out uh, who would be a good track and field Bachelor candidate. Oh, um, nice. I, I suggested Pat Casey last episode. Um, I think he'd be entertaining. He would um, be good. Yeah. But but if you have any ideas for for track and field bachelor or bachelorettes, let's hear them. <laughs> oh, um I could definitely see Matt Centrowitz being a bachelor. <laughs> oh yeah. He would um, I feel like there would be a lot of drama on his season. Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I could definitely see that. I'm trying to think of girls who would be a good bachelor. It's hard because so many girls, runners, I feel like are like in relationships or. or yeah, people are very wiped you know? up. Like, yeah, I uh, want to see like Emily Infeld would be such a good one, but she's obviously <laughs> getting married. Yeah, um, I I was thinking, uh, I, I think last time I said Heather McLean, um, because yeah. she she would she would be great, but I feel like she's too like she's too practical like she yeah. wouldn't necessarily like embrace the like the like you kind of need that like fun yeah. crazy yeah. energy you mm-hmm. know you need the drama a bit that's they really they really push that so yeah she would be I don't know how much she would like she would just not put up with that drama. I think she wouldn't yeah she wouldn't take enough shit you know yeah. like I think that would be the real the real problem but yeah yeah oh that's good yeah either way we should definitely or just like a big brother like somebody should just do like a like put you know I feel like they kind of do that sometimes when it's like, oh, we'll follow, I guess like, like Tin Man YouTube, it kind of is that. Of like, yeah. you know, it's just like people in their house, like being runners. But I, yeah. I feel like if, if you maximize drama and minimize editing, you could, you could make an interesting show. That's for, oh, sure. for sure. That would actually be such a hit with runners. Oh my God. <laughs> um yeah so we got way far actually this is kind of related so now you're back in portland for the summer for racing um and you're you're obviously hooked up with what i i lovingly call like the portland mafia um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know craig and sinclair and all those yeah, guys like yeah. how, how has that been um kind of with that fun i guess like cross team yes social oh. group training group you got out there yeah. oh no it's been so nice especially because like i went to college here and so I like met Craig in college and then some of like he lived with some of those people. And so I met all of them like in college. Um, So it was kind of fun to like be back. And now like everyone's kind of still running and stuff. Um, And it's been so perfect too, because Sinclair and we've been able to like train a little bit together and run together, which has been so nice. Um, And then just kind of having the whole running squad, they like travel to all the meets and stuff too. So it's like, you have this extra little support crew there, which has been so fun. And then can hang out with them at all the meets too um so it's been yeah it's been really awesome like having having kind of a squad here still so still like able to kind of have take advantage of the summer the portland summers are the best so it's been it's been really cool um it's definitely made like i was kind of worried about coming back to portland and like not having people to train with or like you know because i wasn't with my group so not having people to train with or like hang out with but it's been like perfect i've had people to run with and like hang out with so it's been really cool and obviously I'm <laughs> poor the mafia baby um the, I guess so obviously you kind of already said trials didn't go great but um how do you 
how did you kind of kind of mentally reset going from that? You know, obviously that's like such a, you pour so much emotional energy yeah. into like the trials, capital T, <laughs> but how do you go from there and be like, oh wait, I still have a whole summer of running ahead of me. How, yeah. how did you kind of reset and refocus? Um, well, I think like going into the trials, I, I wasn't even sure that I was going to make it because I didn't have a mark really from this year. So I um, was kind of waiting to see like my time from 2019 was like on the bubble to make it. So I honestly like wasn't even expecting to go. Like I was like, there's no chance I'm going to get it. Well, and so not to get into like the Shelby of all of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You were added to the 1500 field when Shelby was removed. Yes. How did that, I guess, you know, obviously you don't have to like comment on any of that shit, but like- how did that week play out for you? I'm just like, that how was, did you experience and deal with that? <laughs> it was a wild week, let me tell you. Because I like, I was kind of thinking like, okay, I wasn't going to get in. Like I kind of started to think that way. And then it got to the point where it scratched down to like, I was literally the first person out. And I was like, oh, like that really sucks. I'm the first person out. And then all the stuff came out with about Shelby. And like, um, you know, I talked to Shayla and like, she told me everything about it. And, and I was like, okay, so she can't run, you know? And I was like, okay. So I, I, the whole week I was really struggling with it because they hadn't pulled her out of the, like they hadn't scratched her yet. So she was still in. And so I hadn't been accepted yet, but I knew that she wasn't going to be able to race. So I was like, I don't really want to say anything because I feel really bad. Like that, this is such a crappy situation. I didn't want to like say to Shayla or to Steven, like, Hey, are you guys going to, you know, it's, are you guys going to scratch Shelby? That, you know, I'm like, that's going insane. to work. Like, you know? Yeah. And I was like, this actually makes me feel so bad. If like the only reason I get a run is because she's getting pulled out. Like that makes me feel so bad. I'm like, I don't even want to run like this sucks. Um, but then like I talked to, um, Steven and he was like, Oh no, it looks like there's like another scratch. Like, I think you're, you're fine. Um, it, you're going to get in. And so I was like, okay, okay. It, you know, it's all good. But, um, it did turn out that like the, uh, I was like, once she scratched, then I was in and then they like put her back in. Cause she was going to maybe race if she like won an appeal. But, um, so then Shayla was like, oh, it's perfect. Like you both get a run now. <laughs> but, um, but then obviously like Shayla or Shelby wasn't going to run unless like she was given the okay to do so. So, um, yeah, it was kind of a whirlwind, but, um, I was definitely like, happy for the opportunity and um well like, just well, imagine it shows so stressful you yeah, know <laughs> yeah, yeah. and how do you kind of cut out all of like the you know were you literally like staying off of social media or just like how did you manage that yeah I mean I I was still like on social media and everything I just was like I try not to draw any attention because I didn't want people to be like oh like the only reason she's getting in is because Shelby's out you know and that that like just made me feel so shitty about it um but I mean I just felt so sorry for everything that was going on with with Shelby and you know Shayla's obviously like was one of my coaches and like it just was all a lot so I was just trying to kind of like not be too involved with it and just like offer my support to to them and everything but um it was definitely a little bit of a of a stressful week so um (laughs) and understandable you know that it's like not the ideal racing circumstances for thriving the way I was just looking at it too is like I wasn't really expecting to even get there and I didn't have a time from this year you know so I was kind of like if I don't get in, it's okay. Like I've been injured. I barely have any training under me. Like it's okay. Um, if I do get to race, like it's a great opportunity. And, um, 
obviously Shayla and Steven both were like, you got a spot. This is great. You should be happy about it. Like this is an awesome opportunity. Let's like, just take advantage of it. Um, even though like I didn't feel super prepared and I, I had such short, such short training and like, I'd only done a few races, um, you know, really in that past, like three weeks. So I was like, I just think it's great that I get to be on this start line and I'm not really expecting too much. Um, just, yeah. So uh, I think that helped with like refocusing after because I didn't have too high of expectations for it. Cause I just, I knew where I was at and I just wasn't, I wasn't quite where I needed to be yet. Um, so maybe felt like more of a start than a finish. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was like the start of my season. So yeah. <laughs> at the trials, <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it, it helps just like, I kind of, after the trials, I was like, okay, like maybe now there's some more races in the summer. Like maybe I can get a good block of training in here now, like staying at sea level. So I just kind of refocused to getting some good workouts in. I had like four weeks. Um, I had uh, Daniel win in Portland and he just came out and like started pacing all my workouts. And it was so awesome to have him. He like, just, he like pushed me enough that I was kind of like hitting workouts. I didn't think I could do. Um, and I just followed him, you know, and I didn't really think about it. So that started making like a big shift in my training. And I was starting to like, actually be like, Oh, I'm actually getting in pretty good shape. Um, so my mindset really just like totally shifted from, I wasn't even really thinking about the trials. I was kind of just like, okay, what can I get out of this season still? Um, and yeah, so just, I mean, honestly, it just took like a few good workouts for me to kind of get the confidence. And then I was just like, all right, let's see what I can see what I can do. And there, and there was just no pressure because I had just been through so much this past year, just trying to like even get back to a starting line. So, um, I just wanted to, you know, see what I could get out of it and have fun with it again and just compete. So got a bunch of PRs out of it. So. <laughs> yeah. Daniel, longtime friend of the pod. He like literally was one of the, yeah, like he was maybe like in the first 10 episodes, we talked yeah. about movies almost the entire time. And oh, very little about running, <laughs> which is every conversation right. I've ever had with Daniel. So it was, it was authentic. Yeah. That's for sure. Very authentic. Yeah. That sounds on brand for him. Yeah. So do you, so this is always like, um, like a, a fun long run question, but, um, mile versus 1500, do you have a preference? Do you think about them differently? Do yes. you, how do you see the mile versus the 1500? I, for some reason, hate the mile. <laughs> I not know what it is, but I hate the mile. Just that extra bit. I don't know what, what it is, but I just, I hate it. I think the, the 1500 is just mentally for me, like so much better. I think it's because I was kind of thinking about this. The first like 300, it's, you're just trying to get position. Like you're kind of just black out anyways. Like you're not even thinking about anything yet. And then you've already gotten to three laps to go, you know, and then it's just like, it's, it's shorter. So I just feel like that little bit just kind of takes off like more mentally. I don't know. And then, and, and to like, when you get to, I always feel like the biggest thing for me is to try and stay focused until 800. Like if I, I have to like stay focused and stay attached to 800 and whenever I do that, then you're like almost at 600 to go. So it's just right there, you know? And then I'm like, okay, I only have 600. I can do this, you know? So mentally it just, for some reason is easier for me. I don't know why, but. <laughs> and you're doing, well, you know, also that being said, everyone run the Under Armour all out mile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone go to the mile. It's great. <laughs> um, well, you're, so you're doing Fifth Ave in a couple of weeks. Have you ever done a road mile before? Yeah, I've done one, um, the Liberty Mile. 
Um, that was, I did that in 2019, like right coming out of college. Um, that was like my first road mile. And I thought it was super fun. It was, it's kind of cool. Cause it's like, you're not thinking about how many laps you have or like the time or anything. You're just like running with people. And I, I feel like I do that best. Like I like to just compete and just run with people. Um, when I like think too much about like splits and stuff like that kind of freaks me out. So, um, yeah, I really like them. I just think I haven't, yeah, I haven't had a ton of experience with them, but I'm excited road, to do some more. Road miles are fun. Um, yeah. Spoken like a true middle distance runner. I feel like that's a big, like, I, I kind of feel the same way, which is like weird as like, I do longer distance races, but like, I've always just loved like turn your brain off and just race. Like, it's always hard to be like, did we come through in like 33 or 34? Like, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. it's nice to, nice to just race. Um, that's totally. for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you like, don't really know where you are either. Like you don't really know like how much further you have. So you just like turn your brain off, just follow people. You're, job. you're talking about the, the 1500 and, and ignoring the first 12, uh, 300 meters reminds me of one of my favorite races, which is the DMR 1200. I don't know if oh, you've ever. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that leg. Really? I don't think I have. Oh. I always had to run the eight. It's great. Cause you just yeah. like you get to as a miler or like a, I was like a three K runner in college. So like as somebody coming down to the 1200, it's mm -hmm. like, you get to just like run slower than your mile pace mm -hmm. or than your 800 pace. And then like yeah. all the 800 runners, it feels really long to them. So you just like wait around and then like hand off like at the front or close to the front. And then it's like somebody else's problem. Like, <laughs> <laughs> big fan of the DMR 1200. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that is a good distance. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I like a, did you, do you have a favorite relay of uh, whether four by eight or, or four by mile or any of those? Mm -hmm. I haven't done a lot of them. I really liked the four by four. I always thought that was so much fun, like in high school. And I don't know if I did one in college, I did do the, um, the DMR a few times in college, but I was usually like 800 or the mile, but what's, what's your four by four or, or what's your 400 PB? What's the, the split? your best split I don't know I feel like my best split from fresh it's always a split like it's never like it. it's never an open like it's always like your coach told you you ran like half yeah a yeah I, I think they said I ran 56 but that was like freshman year of college so I haven't done one in a long time but now I like run that in practice so I'm not not sure if uh what I could split now but it'd be kind of fun to see yeah you in an open four just uh yeah yeah. I think Bowerman did that. Wouldn't they do that last summer? They did just like yeah. over the four by fours just to see. That'd be so fun. We should do more of that and like meet, yeah. you know, more end of meet four by fours. That's yeah. a great, that is Honestly. a good hot take. I like that. And we could like but, the, with different teams, that would be so fun. That'd be so oh cool. yeah. I, I always think there needs to be more like team competition elements to yeah. track and field. Like we should care what team scores the most points at um like trials or like yeah. US champs or something totally no I think that'd be so cool no I totally agree I mean that's like all cross-country is you know it's like you're running for your team and that part of it is like so that's what's so awesome about cross-country you know that's why we all love it like we hate running long <laughs> but it's fun because you're running you know trying to like do something for the team I was um, gonna ask actually one of my notes uh at I think like a lot of people know about this, but I don't know if people outside the, the Pacific Northwest do as much. Um, you ran Border Clash, obviously. Yeah, as a, yeah, yeah. 
Um, explain to the listeners like the phenomenon that is Border Clash because I think it's like the coolest cross country race ever, and like yeah. I think a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah, it's so awesome. So basically, the it's Oregon and Washington, and it's like this duel between like the best high school runners from Oregon and Washington. And you start at opposite ends of a field. It's at Nike campus and it's like that massive turf field. And so you like start at opposite ends. And then when the, the big, like, uh, what's it called? Like they have like a, a big, like bomb basically go off to like, <laughs> to start the like race. Or and then, cannon. Yeah. Yeah, cannon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you just start charging at each other, like, all everybody's just sprinting charging at each other and then you take like a sharp turn and then like combine in and then you're like start the race but the first like 100 meters is just pure chaos like you're <laughs> sprinting to try and like beat because like they they always say like you want to try and get ahead of like we were Oregon so we were always like you got to try and get ahead of all the Washington kids by the turn so we just like sprint before the turn and then everyone else is sprinting too and then you like merge and it's always just like chaos, like <laughs> so much carnage. People are falling everywhere when you first merge together. And then there's like a brief part where you're going over like pavement. So people are like slipping too. And then it's you like the get on. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, one year I did fall and I just got stomped on. Like that it was terrible. And I was like, I think I was really young too. And I was so afraid to go back. I was like, that is so scary. Gotta over overcome the trauma of <laughs> border clash. Border clash, yeah. It is yeah. such a it's such a fun thing though. It would be interesting to see that at the pro level, like have a yeah. race like that. You totally I I think that they should have a because uh we saw it like even just within um like the Olympics this year, there's a, mm-hmm. so many good Americans and Canadians. Mm-hmm. I think I I can't remember who I pitched this to. Maybe mm-hmm. I tweeted about it, but I was like, there should be a US Canada border clash. Where, like, you think about it and it's, like, you could have, like, you know, Ellie Purrier, Gabby Stafford, um, you know, uh, Carissa, all those folks. And then, like, on the men's side, it would be, like, Mo, Justin Knight, like, Paul Chalimo. um, Border Clash. Great idea. (laughs) That would be so good. Oh, my gosh. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, that that would be really cool. You miss running cross country? Uh, no, I really don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't like longer races. Oh, I mean, that's hard. I obviously love like NCAAs was always just like such a cool event and like being with the team. That was always so awesome, but I just don't really like a 6k and I don't like running on grass very much either. <laughs> I just feel like it's so much harder. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely slows the times down. And then also yeah. like, I feel like half of my maybe until my senior year of cross, like I always felt like every cross country race was like, just go out like as fast as you can yes. and then like, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> and then, like, like, try not to die. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I never, like- I, I rarely felt like strategically in control in a cross country race. <laughs> that is so accurate. Yeah. It's like you sprint out because it's such a massive like field. You got to like try and get out, but it just doesn't feel like you ever slow down. You just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you just slow down when you're tired. And that's like, yeah, about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. About halfway. Yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you, because I'm very, um, I feel like your team has some of the coolest uniforms in the game. Oh. And obviously Portland 
purple uniforms, like those are also pretty distinctive. Yeah. Um, so two part question. First of all, what color are the dark sky uniforms? Cause it's like, I want to say pink, but it's like more of like a coral or a yeah. salmon. I would say coral or salmon. Yeah. It's hard because different pictures and different lighting, it can kind of look more red or more pink, but I would say more, yeah, more coral or. And then part two, do you have a favorite uniform that you've ever worn um, over, over history throughout your running career? That's a good question. I kind of think I like this one the most right now, the, the UA one. The Yeah, I did have a, a Portland one that I really liked um, my last year. It was like white and purple and it was like kind of striped and that one was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This this kit's pretty, pretty good. Mm. I love, I'm a fan. I think it's a, it definitely like stands out because it's it like, you don't really see sure. many, many pink uniforms. Um, yeah. yeah, no, but, uh, that's a good part. We, we sometimes ask the male guests uh, about the, the half tights versus short shorts, but do you, do you have a well, buns versus shorts take or are you, are you all buns all the way or? All buns all the way for sure. Um, I just feel like it's one of those things like you never wear buns in training. Like I, I you know, I wear like shorts and spandex or whatever, like all the time in training. So when you race it's like okay now you're gonna go into the buns like it's like only for racing you know yeah like I feel that way about uh do you wear do wear spikes and workouts a lot? yeah a little bit yeah but I can see how some people like save that for yeah I feel that way I mean obviously especially about like carbon shoes now like that's a whole other like conversation but like yeah. I even in college like spikes and workouts I like it was only my senior year there was like sometime like a couple times and I was like trying to do like basically like speed stuff or like steeple and I was like training with our four minute milers and be like okay if I don't wear spikes in this workout like I I will get dropped <laughs> um, but aside from that I'm like a big like especially like coming from swimming too where it's like oh you always wear the drag suits because you're like want to be like yeah. as slow as possible in practice it's like I, I'm like you know spikes are only for race day <laughs> yeah yeah no I I kind of feel like that too I really don't do that much in spikes um but partially more for injury sake but um, it is kind of, I, f- I like having those things that like, just, you know, you're going to get a little extra edge for the race. So that's yeah. kind of how I feel about buns. Do you, and like, yeah. do you have any race day superstitions or traditions? Yeah, kind of. Okay. So like, I, I have one sports bra that I only wear to race in and I won't wear it any other time. I don't know. I just, that's just my race sports bra and that's it. So I have that. And then I usually always like need to have my hair braided. That's like one of my things but I can't always have it because I don't know how to do it myself. So <laughs> I need to learn. So that's but, one of the, the Portland Mafia support squad. That's yes, the, yes. somebody there to braid your hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, so normally that's all. Shayla usually always does it and she's like the master braider. Um, so that's kind of one of my things. I, I've always had like a coach that could do it. Like in Portland, I had a, a coach, Kelsey, who could always do it too. So I've always had that. But then obviously now like, there's meets where you just go on your own sometimes and you don't have like teammates with you and everything. So the past few races, I haven't had my hair braided and I kind of feel like that maybe is why they didn't go so well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, no, it's one of my, just one of my things I kind of like to do. Um, yeah, but I don't I, have any, like superstitions. I don't braid my hair for races, obviously, but <laughs> I do have um, a pair of like race socks, like the same way you're saying with this yes. sports bra. And uh-huh. it's one of those things where like, they're now so old that it's like they're not 
they're not like getting like holes in them or like worn out or anything, but they're like about to. And I like have like pre-anxiety about it. <laughs> like I, I don't even have to, re- it's not even that I have to retire them. I just know that I'm going to soon have to retire yeah, them. Yeah, like, <laughs> And then like that first race where you have to run with a new pair is like, you're already having anxiety about that. Yeah. Well, then, well especially the tracksmith too. Like we have so many like different uniforms that I do get like a little, like the tiniest bit, I try not to actually put too much like actual brain power into it, but like I get a little superstition over like if I have like a couple of bad races in a row in a uniform, I'm like, okay, we're retiring this one. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. No, that's that's totally fair. I always I feel like that too. Like when you have when you do the same thing and then like it it goes wrong for a few races and you're like, okay, this isn't working. Oh my god, yeah. I used to have um the my the spikes I had um so I was steepled in mambas in college mm-hmm. and then um the mamba threes came out and they were that um like water shoe material where oh, it's like okay. they didn't have the tongue they like just went around your foot which seemed like yeah. a good idea because it's like they won't come off the downside of which is that they're really hard to get on so I always <laughs> had to like allow for like an extra five minutes of my warm-up routine to be like <laughs> struggling to get my spikes on <laughs> that's hilarious so, yeah we adjust and adapt to all kinds yeah, of different yeah. <laughs> a little extra stress before you raise yeah um before we before we wrap it up uh with our final questions one of the questions that we frequently ask that i have to ask you as a miler um is our our gimmick mile um so you know there's like the beer mile there's the blue jean mile yeah. um if you were in charge of creating the next gimmick mile what would you create oh that's good Oh, I thought about this actually. <laughs> I um I love flaming hot Cheetos. Those are like nice. my favorite, <laughs> my favorite snack or whatever. It's just my favorite thing. Only the lime, the lime flaming hot Cheetos. So I think I would honestly do something like that. Like you have to like down a bunch of flaming hot Cheetos. Like maybe there's a certain pile and then you have to run and you can't drink any water. That would be that would make it hard. Because the normally like when I when I'm eating them, you can't stop. Otherwise it's gonna get really spicy. So as soon as you stop, you like need water or something. So then you have to run. <laughs> so it's almost like a saltine challenge of like yeah, there's the element yeah. of like it messing up your mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're gonna be like dying, like, oh my God, I need water, but you have to run. And then maybe that will like, yeah, it'd be interesting. Oh, wait, I love that. That's a, that's that a great answer. Um, <laughs> that would definitely be my thing because those flaming hot Cheetos are like my thing. Like everybody who sees anything flaming hot, like whatever, they always send me pictures. So I get some really interesting things, like when they make like flaming hot mac and cheese or like flaming hot. Like someone made like a flaming <laughs> hot turkey for Thanksgiving one time. <laughs> and they were like, Karen, do you want this? <laughs> All right, so all the listeners, if you see flaming hot content, <laughs> tag Terry. My way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's funny though because I I love flaming hot Cheetos, but I don't like Takis, and ever I don't know if have you ever had either. Um, I I don't know if I've ever had flaming hot Cheetos. I don't like hot things, okay, but I, I'm familiar with the concept either. of both. Yeah, yeah, I don't really like hot things either. That's what's the weird thing. Like I'm I'm really kind of anti spice, but flaming hot Cheetos for some reason are like that's like my thing. Um, so that's why people are always like, oh, you would like these like talkies too and stuff, but I don't, I don't like anything else. I just like flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> that's, um, that's like 
me i feel like i don't like hot things or like particularly spicy things but like all of my italian blood comes out when i cook with garlic where like literally my roommates have said before they're like literally when you cook pasta the entire kitchen smells like garlic for hours (laughs) (laughs) like how much fucking garlic do you put into your pasta (laughs) a lot to be honest a lot a lot yeah (laughs) Garlic is so good, though. I I would love to try your garlic pasta. All right. Well, next time we're in Boston. Yeah. Next time I'm in Portland, uh, I will try flaming hot Cheetos. Perfect. <laughs> you can yeah, try, try extremely garlic garlicky pasta. pasta. <laughs> um. Well, we uh, we wrap up every episode uh, by asking all our guests the same three questions. Um. The first one is your Instagram crush. Um, which does not have to be, it can be a person if you want to like shoot your shot. We've had people do that before that works. Um, but it can also just be like, like a TikTok trend you think is really funny. Like it doesn't have to be just Instagram either. Like an account you think is great. Like what are you into on the internet these days? Oh my God. That's really hard. I don't know. Um, are you on TikTok? I am on TikTok. Yeah what's the what's the like what's been on your all over your feed recently so much dog content that is like oh. my tiktok is like dog. is the universe telling you to get a dog <laughs> it is it is <laughs> it's harder to travel that's the that's the runner problem is like you'd always uh, have to be like foisting your dog off on someone else you know, I know. that's that's why i want to get one so bad but it's like so hard to to make it make sense with traveling so much and like not even being in one place um <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. My t- it's hard because I don't really follow people on TikTok. I just like look at the for you page. Scroll endlessly. <laughs> yeah, scroll endlessly. Yeah, until it tells you it's time to take a break. Um, the, um, recently, my obsession has been I don't know if you've seen like any of the cupcake remixes of like different songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like wildly inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All people just taking pop songs and putting in like smack my ass like a drum. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have seen those. They're actually hilarious. <laughs> They're so good. I'm like yeah. obsessed with them. Um, I, the yeah. TikTok trends are always good. I always like love seeing those. Um, well, yeah, that's yeah, hard. I, should... I don't really have an Instagram crush. Do you, are there, well, the Olympics just happened. Like, all right, everybody has an Olympics crush. Like who doesn't even have to be a runner. Like, who are you like? You're like, I'm tuning in for Caleb Dressel or like whoever it is. (laughs) That's so hard. I honestly don't know. I feel like I didn't watch much besides track. Well, there's, there's hot people in track too. Mondo DePlantis has a very special (laughs) place in my heart. (laughs) I'm not sure if I should like actually shoot my shot here or not. I'm kind of a little nervous about it. (laughs) Well, no, that, that means we're gonna have an uh, we're gonna have an off-air conversation after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be better. Um, that actually was Molly Seidel one time called out Callum Hawkins on yes. the pod, and like people were tagging him. And, like, <laughs> I remember seeing that, and I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> That's fair. Well, it'll remain a secret. Um, so if you were an Olympian, slide into Taryn's DMs and see if there you're the one. Yeah. <laughs> It's like a kind of like a Cinderella thing. Like if they'll all do it. And then like when the slipper fits, like you'll know. There we go. <laughs> and then we'll know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come out with it. <laughs> yeah. When you get married to, uh, you know, Tom Daly, I, well, he's <laughs> both gay and married. I can't even think of a yeah. good example. <laughs> 
Uh, somebody will come to know when you and Noah Lyles announce your engagement. Like, <laughs> well, no, the, the the whole time it was that's who it was. <laughs> Where it started. <laughs> um, the the next question is much more relevant to your upcoming uh, racing plans, as okay. given that you're doing Fifth Ave. But your go-to karaoke song. Someone hands you the mic. What are you singing? You got to be prepared because even with Coogan shut down, there's going to be karaoke yeah. somewhere. Probably something Beyonce, I would say. That would probably be my go-to. Um, would you go like ambitious, like Love on Top or like Halo um, or would you? Oh, that might be a little too ambitious. That's the problem. It's like <laughs> yeah. some of those songs are hard to sing. Yeah, no, they really are. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think I've ever karaoke her songs without her singing too. Like I've only sing these like really loud when you can't hear yourself. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> so, maybe that's not a good choice. Um, but no, but there's ones that you could do yeah. of hers that like are less like, you don't less, need like, like the vocal range. Vocal, yeah. 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 Like you cool. could do Bootylicious. That would be a good one. Like that yeah. throwback to Destiny's Child. Like yes. that would be fun. Destiny's Child. Oh, that would be, those would be good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not sure exactly which one I would choose, but there's something in that realm. Um, that's fair. Yeah. You can do all of them after Fifth Ave and whichever one works the best, like that's your go-to. And that's my go-to. Okay. Yeah. I honestly have like not done karaoke that much. I feel like I always get, I get a little bit nervous to do it. I think my karaoke wisdom that I always say to people is like, if you pick, you have to pick a crowd pleaser. You have to think like, I'm, I'm a terrible singer. So Mm -hmm. my goal is not to wow everyone with my singing. It's to get everyone else singing along to drown out my singing. (laughs) There you go. So that's like, you know, like, like if you went with like, say my name, like Destiny's Child, like people would sing along and then you wouldn't have to, the pressure would be off you, you know? That would be a great choice. Yeah. Then everybody would be singing and all the girls would be singing. So it would be no problem. Yeah. Or like, like crazy in love. Like you probably get like a good, yeah. A good crowd. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good call. Pick a crowd pleaser. Yeah, good <laughs> advice. I did. Um, I, like I've been a part of too many karaoke nights where people are singing and nobody else is singing, and all you can hear is their voice, and it's like. <laughs> that's always the problem. Is like, people. I think people will sometimes commit to a song that they love, uh-huh. which unless you're like really gonna like get into the performance of it, it's like uh-huh. no that that just becomes like self indulgence. <laughs> um, I did. I at the same time I'm like you go you go for it but my actual go-to I always say like a different go-to when we like talk about this because it's like you got to switch it up week to week yeah my actual go-to is beautiful soul Jesse McCartney because it's in a very singable range and it's one of those ones that That is a great one wow yeah I would have thought of that that's a great one Jesse McCartney Wow. Given that like everyone we know is between the ages of 22 and 32, like if anything yeah. that was like popular in the early 2000s, you're like, yeah. people will like this. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's a great choice. That I need to try that one. It's a good one. Um, yeah. <laughs> last but not least, uh, your death row meal. You're going to the chair. You got one last meal. You can eat anything you want. What I are you eating? We already discussed this. Probably flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> hot Cheetos. Endless flaming hot Cheetos. <laughs> I would probably like I honestly I can eat a bag of those so easily and like sometimes I just like have to stop myself but I think if I was on death row like I would just keep eating them like nice. till I perfect <laughs> are you washing it down with like a like a cocktail a beer or like oh, just that's good I mean if it's your death row 
meal, you definitely got to be having a beer or something. It would definitely be beer. I'm a beer person, not a cocktail. Okay. True Oregonian. Yeah. True Oregonian. (laughs) But I don't love how those conflict the, the spicy with the beers never really. Sure. So I don't know if I would, if I would change the meal or if I would, that's hard. I also, you could do like, um, I feel like maybe like a boozy milkshake would pair well with a flaming hot. There you go. Yeah. Because I was going to say, I would feel really. That's like dessert and a cocktail all in one. Yes. And I was going to say, I would feel like I'm such a sweets person. Like I am obsessed with dessert that it would be so wrong for me to not have dessert as my last meal. Oh, sure. Yeah. Perfect pairing. We have a a boozy milkshake in my (laughs) flaming hot Cheetos and I'm set. (laughs) Um, I had a milkshake after my run literally yesterday because I was near an ice cream place that I liked. And I was like, chocolate milk after runs, that's a recovery drink. Milkshakes, basically the same thing as chocolate milk. Logic. (laughs) (laughs) It's 3 p.m. on a Monday. I'm doing it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's perfect. Tons of protein. You're good. It all adds up. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Well. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This is super yeah. fun. Um, good luck with the the upcoming uh, couple races. I hope you are practicing your karaoke for Fifth Ave. Um, yeah, I'm getting ready. I hope they have, you know, between COVID and Coogan's and everything, I hope they find a way to do yeah. karaoke, I mean, even if it's like into the mic at the finish line after you win the race, like <laughs> do it. <laughs> it's all sales. We're going to rent a karaoke machine and do it in the hotel room. <laughs> I love it. I'll I'll hold you that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again. Thanks again. Uh, Until next time, this has been Run Your Mouth. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Just a reminder that this was brought to you by the Under Armour All Out Mile. It's free to sign up, free to compete, and we hope you will join the Sidious Mag team. Sign up and learn more at uaalloutmile.com Take care. This changes.